as we go into the school year, I'm thinking about how to improve practice, and I would recommend that you think about becoming a more reflective teacher. And this can help with instruction and classroom management. So what do I mean by becoming a more reflective teacher? In earlier podcasts, I was talking about goals and priority goals and how students don't necessarily know how to set goals. And it makes me think about setting goals, personal goals for the classroom, either management or instruction. And I think about when we normally set an instructional goal, we assess first. So reflection to me is part of assessment. What am I doing well? What can be done better? And what can be done differently? What are my strengths? And how well did I do with my classroom management on a daily basis? So the only way I'm going to really know how well I did is to receive feedback from somebody else. I can write in a journal, I can check my feeling tone, I can look around the classroom and see if there's order or chaos, I can see if my routines are in place, but the best way for me to understand whether I'm doing well or not is to invite a trusted colleague to join in the conversation, trusted colleague or a trusted mentor. And I would say that this is really important because once A supervisor gets into the classroom, most of the time they're there to evaluate you. And I think that having a critical friend is so important. And let's get back to self-reflection for a minute, and then I'll get back to critical friends. I think that self-reflection is about taking the time to have a daily check-in with yourself, whether it's journaling, closing your eyes and just meditating for a few minutes or making a list of things that happen, can be done, or can be better. So some of the ideas we want to focus on are our priority goals to see if we're meeting our priority goals or are we distracted. That's one thing. And secondly, I would think about the culture in the classroom and I would think about relationships with students. So when I journal or reflect or close my eyes for a minute, sort of more an objective way of thinking. It's a subjective way of thinking because I'm checking my feeling tone, but the objective way of thinking is how did I do in terms of my routines, rituals, and relationships? So I'll think about that. Critical friends. I think that when you have a truth teller in your life, it really adds to the dimension of practice in the classroom. I can say honestly that the first few years I was teaching was a different time. We worked in silos in the classroom. The only ones who ever came in were supervisors and they came in on such an occasional basis you got observed three to six times a year and that was that times have changed in a good way in the sense that a lot of teachers receive more coaching and mentoring 
And I know that later on, when I became closer to taking the next step in my career, I needed several critical friends. And honestly, the more trustworthy people you can have in your support group, the better. Now I'm talking professionally speaking. So if I invite somebody to come into the classroom or I give them a problem to solve along with me, something that I'm not feeling good about with a student, I trust in them that they will give me critical, objective, and honest feedback. And how do I test this? If I have a friend, a critical friend, who doesn't share gossip or doesn't hurt me and is farther along the path than me, then that's a good critical friend. And I even have a critical friend at my own level. And I trust this person. When I show this person some of my writing, he will honestly give me feedback that isn't going to hurt my feelings and comes from a professional space. And I often, when we do peer uh, evaluations, I often hope to get this person or another person in my department. And I'll just share from the I space, which is that this is very helpful to me because I'm a very sensitive person. And if somebody says things in a critical way, not a nice way, I feel very hurt. So having a critical friend doesn't mean that they're criticizing me. It means that I'm getting feedback that I need. So reflective teaching is a deep process that doesn't come from a supervisor, a coach, or somebody who imposes an evaluation. It's from myself and from a trusted mentor. And we need our trusted mentors sometimes even just to vent and to throw out problems that happen in the classroom. Now, I shared that choosing somebody farther along the path is a good idea, but eventually it's time to pay it forward. So we also need to choose people who might need our support and uh, pass it along, pay it forward. So I'm thinking about how the ways that I like to be a reflective teacher and I think about things that I know didn't go well and I think about reasons why they didn't go well or ways that they could have gone better. Here's a simple example. I used to over plan and I, and I still do. I over plan in my lessons and I could say I overplan in my classroom management as well. And the reason I overplan is because I'm always afraid that the lesson is going to go faster or the students will catch on uh, more easily than I thought. And I never want there to be too much time at the end of the period where students can get up and act out and so on. So this is a good thing. The negative side of that reflecting is that sometimes I expect a little bit too much and I don't leave the right amount of time for questioning or collaboration amongst the students. Now, over the years, I've found a system for this, which is that I will have the extra material in the back of my mind or I have it categorized in my lesson plan so I know I can use it. 
Uh, and I've done this in my online teaching as well. It's easier on Blackboard when I can put it into a folder called Faculty Resources and I don't make it visible. But in the live classroom, what I've done is I've just set aside this material for myself. So reflecting upon my own teaching, that is something that I felt I needed to improve because it was making me speed up too much, become hyper, expect too much of the students, so I'm being completely honest. And once I was on a job interview, and that's the very feedback that they gave me. So I know this is a flaw that I need to work on. And the same is true in classroom management. Sometimes I can see that I've got more than I need. So that's a reflection. And how did I come to this conclusion? Well, I came to this conclusion because, like anything else, I experienced something negative. And we learn from failure. So failure is an important lesson. You've heard that many times and you've seen little sayings on the internet and one of the people that I like to read, Brene Brown, she talks about that all the time, that failure is very important. Learning from your mistakes, uh, being not, you know, not feeling shameful about them is very important. So the reflective teaching piece is something invaluable because as I said, by the time a supervisor gets there, they're already putting it in writing. On the other side of the coin, we also have to be very vocal with ourselves, our students, our, our parents, and our supervisors about our strengths. I know many of us are brought up to be modest and to not acknowledge our strengths. And when I reflect and I write in my journal, sometimes I notice that I tend to go off on a tangent and not write something positive. So it's very important to think about your strengths and to do the same, of course, for your students, but to really be able to vocalize your strengths to students. And not just your colleagues, students as well. I'm not just bragging, but just being clear about what you do well. It's a good model for your students. I was in a staff meeting two days ago, and the leader had us do a very interesting exercise. The exercise was, if there were a zombie apocalypse, what talents would you bring, what strengths would you bring after the zombie apocalypse. And we all had a good chuckle. And when we broke up into small groups, it was, I wish I had another few minutes to think about it because I reflected on it later and realized what the exercise was about, what the icebreaker was about. That the icebreaker was about making sure that we know what our own strengths and talents are and making sure that we vocalize them to the group. We also want to keep stock of what we do well so that we can build upon it for ourselves. And in my goal setting this year, that is one of the things I am working on. And I think it's very important when you have your end year evaluation to speak up in your own behalf what you do well with instruction, what you do well with classroom management, 
what you do well with parent involvement because whoever is evaluating you, whether they're a good supervisor or a supervisor who is critical, will be taking notes and they will treat you how you treat yourself. And I've been through this, so I know. So becoming a reflective teacher means really thinking deeply about practice, not just about practice in a very robotic and mechanical way. There's one textbook I use where teachers go through line by line by line about what they do well with instruction and planning and and everything like that. And I think it's a great book and I, I love it because it really teaches them how to do lesson planning. But I also urge you to think about the feeling tone within yourself and in your classroom. I know for myself, I tend to be very hard on myself and critical on myself. But as we learn along the process of teaching and managing our classroom, it's really important to build on our strengths, just like we would do for our students, have an asset-based culture in our classroom. If you think back for a minute, who are the teachers that you felt comfortable with? Which environments did you feel comfortable with? I know for myself, thinking back to elementary school, it was kind of a blur. Everybody seemed more authoritarian and Yet, if I think about which teachers, it's easier to think about it on a high school level because you move from class to class. Which teachers do I remember and which teachers would I like to emulate? And I think about my art teacher because he was a fantastic listener and he built people up. And yes, he had his side. Everybody does. But I think about I'd like to be like this person. I like to be like Earl Stressing. He was the person who turned my life around. And I think that I want to be the kind of teacher that continues to grow and continues to change. And reflective teaching helps to do that. And the last thing I want to say is we all need to vent. And I mean, not everybody, some people just work out or they do yoga, but part of any kind of profession is getting together and just letting loose about what's wrong. I mean, a lot of people do this. Sometimes they have a beer together, they have a little sports event, but after the venting is over, it's good to think about the gratitude. What does the experience let us do? What does it allow us to do with our lives? I know that when there's an experience that seems so challenging that it's not, it feels like I'm moving a rock up a hill. Yesterday I was having a, a, that kind of a day with something and I thought, I, I, I gotta go in, I gotta go, I gotta, I gotta get rid of this thing. I gotta get rid of this part of my job. And I just kept telling myself, what would I tell somebody else. That if I can navigate this challenge and I can reflect on how I handled it, that's the most important thing. I look back and I say, I did this part well, but this part I could have done better. So thank you for listening.